You're listening to Guitars and Granola Bars, Episode 4. Thank you so much for joining me here on Guitars and Granola Bars, Music Therapist Talk Motherhood. I'm your host, Rachel Rambach, and this podcast is for music therapists and anyone else balancing a passion-fueled career with being a mom. In this episode, I'm chatting with Natalie Mullis. Natalie is the owner of Key Changes Therapy Services, LLC, in Columbia, South Carolina, and mom to her son Desmond, who was born in the summer of 2014. She decided to expand her small music therapy private practice during maternity leave to offer speech therapy services and hopefully occupational and physical therapy in the future. Welcome to the podcast, Natalie. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks. Yeah. So we're going to start with a little bit of background about you and your career as a music therapist. So can you kind of walk us through how you got to this point? (laughs) It's been a long and windy road. Um, Yeah, I graduated from Georgia College and State University down in Milledgeville, Georgia, Um, in 2008, and I completed my internship in Columbia, South Carolina, where I'm at now, uh, at Palmetto Health. Um, Yeah, Palmetto Health Baptist Hospital, which I still actually work a little bit at, which is fun because it throws my roots back. And I finished that in 2008, went to work for a state child and adolescent psychiatric facility for two years. And pretty much I earned my stripes there, I like to say, because it was a, it was a special environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I kind of made my anonymous online debut that some of you might know, but I'm not going to reference specifically. And I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about, because that's how I came to know you. I, I was a little famous there for a minute. You were. Um, and, and then after I left that job, I decided to start my own private practice with the loving support and guidance and possible, you know, crazy side eyes from my husband. <laughs> and, and that's where I'm at now. And we've gone through, you know, it just being me to my first employee, Laura, actually having contacted me saying, hey, you got a job and me saying maybe. And now I have two music therapist and actually my maternity leave project was hiring a speech therapist and laying the groundwork to expand into a full pediatric therapy clinic. So that's where I'm at now. You know, I've always been so impressed with just how quickly your private practice evolved and how much you've done with it. It's really impressive. It's nice to hear that from the outside because from the inside, feels like everything goes so slow. Oh, I know. I I know the feeling. Exactly. Um, But backing up just a little bit, how long were you at the state facility before you decided to leave and start your private practice? About two years. I I said I had started there in June and I submitted my um, June of 2008, I believe, and I submitted my resignation letter on my birthday two years later and my birthday in August so a little over two years that's a nice birthday present to yourself wonderful present to myself actually yeah um (laughs) did, did you had you started building up a private practice at all at that point or was this just a brand new venture for you from the get-go I 
I completely stepped off the deep end um, with with my out, and this was one of my issues with my work at the state was that my hours were such that there was no way I could pull anything on the side. Um, they had moved me from what was, you know, a nine to five job to, um, working 10 to six 30 okay. and, and becoming very, very strict about just lots and lots of things. Um, and so the, the possibility of starting a private practice while working full time, just, it wasn't an option for me. My weekends are sacred and they always have been. So it, it, it just was a step off into the deep end. And I opened my doors on August 18th, 2010 with two clients, one of which stayed for four weeks before they moved to Germany. Wow. That is so brave of you. I, I just can't even imagine um, how scary <laughs> brave, brave is that not the been. adjective I always choose, but thank you. Yeah, it's very true. It's true. And when you first started, you had um, a clinic space and everything, didn't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm not organized enough to work out of the house. <laughs> Um, my, my lives would, my lives don't overlap in a organized manner whatsoever. I, I would end up with, you know, invoices in my cat box or something <laughs> to work out of my house. So yeah, I was pretty dedicated to having a clinic space and, and actually my first clinic space almost closed me from the get go because I had not at that point learned how to read commercial leases. So that was another, um, <laughs> hurdle that you had to overcome. Yeah. Yeah. We had a very cold winter in South Carolina and mm. the building that I had had unshielded pipes. And I did not realize that the terminology in my lease required me to pay for all repairs. And so I had a pipe burst under the house uh, or under the, under the building three times that winter. And, um, you know, 150 to 200 dollars every time when all you have is four clients is a lot of money oh what a nightmare yeah so <laughs> I, I, I was like I need to find out what I need to do to break this lease mm -hmm. and I broke it and I moved and never looked back good good well it's all about those learning experiences that make you stronger as a business owner and as a person <laughs> yeah it definitely is I I, I learned very quickly to read contracts. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so how long were you in private practice before you decided, okay, now that I've got this going, let's add a baby to the mix? Um, well, you know, he's, my son's eight months old and my company is a little over four years old. It's four and a half years old now. So about you know, four years, um, well, three years, if you count gestation, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, we had actually reached a point where I just, I felt good about things. I had just brought on my, I, well, I was in the process of looking for my second employee. Um, and you know, Laura, my first employee, she's, she's solid. She's a great worker. And so I felt like I was finally at a point where I could step away from things you know, to a degree, as much as a business owner can step away, sure. um, to, to take a bit of a maternity leave. And I'd still, without me providing services, I would still be able to provide myself, you know, what little paycheck that I do give myself, um, so that our finances are okay. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's about where three, about three years into okay. it was when I said, okay, let's, let's do this. And did you continue working throughout your pregnancy? 
Yeah, I did. Um, I worked all the way up to two weeks before my due date, which was great because he was six days early. Oh, that's exactly like me. I worked up until <laughs> two weeks before the due date and then Parker came six days early. Wow. And that's and considering my son's born on your birthday. I know. Wow. Crazy. This is weird. I know. Similarities. <laughs> yeah, they're a little eerie. <laughs> so when you were working clinically, what were some challenges that you had um, being pregnant? Um, well, my, my favorite populations and the populations that I kept, even when I brought Janelle on, because when I brought Janelle on, you know, I had just found out that I was pregnant. And so I was planning on giving her the bulk of my caseload anyway, because I needed to tend to more administrative things. Um, so the cases that I kept, of course, were purely for for me, the ones that I really enjoy. And it's for those of you that know me, it's no, no news to you that I love psych work. Mm -hmm. So I, I kept my adolescent chemical dependency groups and I kept my, um, long-term and short-term inpatient psych groups that I have for some contract facilities. And I kept two or three little private patients that, I've just known for forever, but the, the most interesting stuff came with my, my site groups over at one of our local hospitals, because you know, a lot of these people have no filter. And so I'd get lots of interesting questions <laughs> about my pregnancy, mm -hmm. about if I was married, about oh. what, what my baby daddy looks like, um, about what I was going to name my child. I got lots of name suggestions and one particular manic individual, every time I saw him, he said, you're going to name him Edward, right? Because this was a family name, something in this gentleman's family. And so every week that I saw him, he was adamant that I named my child Edward after him. Um, and How dare family. you not, not take up I his know. advice? It, it, it was, it was very, very important. And, and, you know, finally I was just like, I'll, I'll take it under consideration. You don't need to tell me again. And of course he forgot and that's okay. But it was, it was just interesting. The, um, other issues we ran across, of course, you know, related to just the, physicality, I suppose, of being pregnant is, you know, breath support and the fact that I'd turn red while trying to sing. And mm -hmm. my um, adolescent girls would laugh at me because, you know, I'd be trying to sing Sarah Bareilles or, or Lord or something like that and just be turning blue in the face because I'm trying with everything I can to support yes. myself. And I've got this giant baby down there and that's mm -hmm. just not working. My challenge right now, um, I'm about six months pregnant, is Taylor Swift because none of her songs have breaths in them. I mean, I don't know how she sings these on stage while she's dancing around because there's nowhere yeah. to breathe. And <laughs> so I'm, I'm having that same issue right now. I, I feel you. It's, it's difficult. Yeah. And, and, and the other, well, and I thought about this after, after that was just physical space with my psych patients, mm, you know, yeah. for anybody when you're pregnant, you know, your belly automatically in some people's minds becomes public space, right. but it came a really good practicing ground for a lot of my patients for personal boundaries. Um, and some of them got very good at asking, can I touch your belly? No. Why mm -hmm. not? Because it's mine. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> so we would do this every week. Um, so yeah, those were some of my special <laughs> difficulties being pregnant and working. 
Yeah, that had to be an interesting experience in those settings, I'm sure. Yeah. So you briefly mentioned that that you sort of continued working on the admin side during your maternity leave. Tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about that and kind of how you balanced working with being a brand new mom. Um, well, I have a laptop. <laughs> uh, if I had a desktop at my office, that would not work. Mm-hmm. I, I, essentially what I would do, um, w- before, before I went into on to leave, um, throughout several of our staff meetings, we broke down all of the administrative duties into things that I have to do, payroll, invoicing, um, you know, contract discussions with administrators, things like that. We broke it down into things that I had to do versus things that my staff could do. Things like, you know, running the mail, depositing checks, doing, um, that's what I just said, bank runs, um, up basic customer service type things. Um, so we broke it down and we we put it into very specific. It's actually still on my Google Drive. Um, here's step one for for doing this. Step two, step three, step four for all of them. We had a spreadsheet for Janelle who was doing the bank runs to put all the checks down into so that I could balance the books from home. Um, and so having having that laid out at the very beginning was really, really helpful because essentially what it amounted to is in the three months that I was out, I really only had to sit down at my computer every two weeks to do payroll. And then once a month, well, twice a month, if, if, cause you can't do just one of these, but <laughs> to do invoicing and to balance the books. So there was really in a, in a month only four times that I really, really had to sit down. Anything else that was my job would be any customer services to issues that escalated outside of what Laura and Janelle could handle. Um, and then when we came up across the situation to where we knew that we needed to move and expand the company, all of a sudden shopping for real estate became one of my duties as well. Um, and so I was, I was on email a lot, but I was so far as the day-to-day runnings of the business there, I, I could really kind of disconnect unless I wanted to be on my phone answering emails. That was a really roundabout way to answer that. I hope that made sense. No, that's, I think that's (laughs) so great that you were able to keep the business going so well and that you had those systems in place before you went on your maternity leave and, you know, that you weren't constantly worrying about, oh my gosh, is this getting done? Or, you know, how are these things happening, you know, in my absence? And and I will say some things, you know, fall by the side because, because marketing, what we do is, is primarily my responsibility. That's what, that's what I do. I do all of the marketing. I do the networking, the contacts and things like that. And so, you know, we, we saw a slowdown in referrals and new patients because I wasn't out beating the pavement. And and that was something that we all knew was going to happen. And we had discussed it prior and everybody was kind of prepped for that. Um, So going into it with that understanding was also really helpful. Yeah. I think it's really good to establish some expectations, you know, about Mm -hmm. what you can and can't do when you're a brand new mom and you have a brand new baby. And, you know, there's just certain things that aren't going to happen during that time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even, 
looking at it now, now on this side of things, looking at it from where I was before I went into my leave, I still kind of overshot a couple of things. So it's, it's, when you're when you're looking at your expectations for that, it's kind of like, what can I do while with while what can I do running my business while simultaneously dealing with the stomach flu? I think is pretty much the best way you can yes, kind of look at that's, it. That is um, a great analogy. I like that. Yeah, because you're you're almost completely incapacitated. Oh, yeah. I mean when they're brand new, there's lots of naps and that's great, but then you need to be sleeping. Exactly. Well, and you don't realize, you know, we're told what what it's like to have a newborn but you don't fully realize until you're in that situation yes. and that's when the full reality of it really hits you yeah so. totally mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you forget because and then I'm you so- forget exactly I'm already like whoa a friend of mine has a newborn and was 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 it re- yes it was like that <laughs> I, I know I'm I'm kind of like in that boat right now where I'm thinking oh, gosh. You, you, oh, you are so much more in that boat than I can be right yeah, now yeah I'm like oh it'll be fine like the baby will be sleeping and I'll be working on my computer you know it'll be it'll be great and so I'm I'm in for a rude awakening I mean not that I'm not super super excited but yeah you're right you forget <laughs> when you're out of that stage <laughs> yeah so when you did jump back into work, what kind of changes did you need to make um, clinically and um, to your business in order to adjust to being a mom? Well, I, I kind of mentioned this a little bit a second ago, but um, when I was six months pregnant, right where you are right now, actually, mm-hmm. I found out that the space that we were in was not going to be renewing our lease. Um which, you know, I could get into a million different. <laughs> I'm sure you could. I'm sure you have I, some choice phrases to describe that situation. Yeah, uh, I, I won't get your podcast rated explicit for that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> so, so we found out that they were not going to be renewing our lease, and that our our lease expired in October. And I found I, I, I'm grateful they gave me. You know, they get, they gave me good notice, but at the same time, I went into this, you know, with the idea that we were going to be growing as two companies together, da 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 da, and they just apparently didn't feel the same way. So, you know, I found I found out that um, it's really hard to find space in Columbia for three therapists, especially when you only have two of them that are are going to be practicing for a time because I. I wasn't sure going out how much clinical work I was going to pick back up um, just because, you know, I, I made the decision that for Daz's first year that I didn't want to have him in daycare full time. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't, again, I wasn't sure how much I was going to pick up. So finding space for, for what we needed was, was next to impossible. You know, I worked with a lot of, um, commercial real estate agents trying to find space that we could lease. And it just, it wasn't going to happen. Um, especially something handicap accessible where we could make the noise that we need to make at the price point that I liked that wasn't, you know, in a bad area of town. So I cried a lot. (laughs) Understandably (laughs) so. 
Yeah. And sat down and I reached out to a friend of mine um, who runs another pediatric therapy clinic. And I said, hey, you know, where are you guys at on your lease? How are you on space? What's your situation? Because we've been friends for a long time. And I know we broached this issue a couple of years ago, but I don't know where you are in your lease still. What do you think about moving in together? You know, asking her out on a date pretty much. <laughs> Moving in so quickly. Wow. That's, yeah, I, I, I go fast in relationships. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so she unfortunately had just signed a brand new lease and couldn't, and, and they were using their space to the full potential. And so I had already had this discussion kind of in my head a couple of times. And she said, so she said, Natalie, she, why don't you do this? And I said, do what? And she was like, do the pediatric therapy clinic thing. She's like, you've, you've managed to hire two music therapists in Columbia, South Carolina, where nobody's been able to do that before outside of a corporate setting. So you can, you've got this, you can do this. I'll help you. And so I went home and I talked it over to my husband and my husband basically was like, does this mean you're going to be in direct competition with your old landlord? And I said, yeah. And he's like, do it. (laughs) So I, you know, I started looking around. I talked to Leslie, um, who was my friend that I had been talking to, trying to figure out what kind of things that I needed to learn, what did I need to know to prepare for this. And she was super helpful. And so I put out my first listing for a speech therapist and I changed what I was looking for for my real estate agent, um, found a space. I had two applications for my speech therapy position, and one of them just happened to be wonderful and totally willing and flexible to be patient and grow with me as I learned all this stuff and as we slowly built a caseload, and it it's worked out somehow. That is really, really impressive. Um, and, and I really admire the fact that you were – able to do this and just go into this brand new territory, you know, being in the position that you were, that's super impressive. It's been insane and it's been (laughs) a lot of work and I'm going to look back on this. I'm going to be like, Desmond, you remember when your mom lost her mind? (laughs) No, you don't, but I did. In a good way though. Yeah. I keep a journal that I actually write letters to him about. I'm averaging once a month now. I was, my goal was more, but I write a little letter to him. And sometimes I reference just how bad of a decision this possibly was, but I know that it's going to be a good decision just as, as you're in it and you're dealing with it and learning Medicaid billing, man. It's, I can only imagine. It's special. Mm -hmm. So having the, the speech therapist, position, has that allowed you to cut back your amount of clinical work to the point where you felt comfortable with the balance? Yeah, I actually, I mean, that with, with learning the billing for speech and with the amount of work that it took for me to restructure my company and, and to make sure everything's running, uh, running really well. I actually haven't picked up any more clinical work through my company. I have two little part-time jobs that I do, Mm -hmm. um, teach music at a day school and I, my chemical dependency with groups is my work with my old internship site. So I keep those because those are two little part-time jobs just for me. And, and other than that, I'm basically a glorified office manager. 
Well, and that's, you know, something that you do well and that you've, you know, shown to excel at. And it is your, this business is your baby. You know, it's your first baby. Yeah, definitely is. I mean, I'm hoping at some point that I can grow outside of the desk next to the waiting area and actually hire a biller or an office manager or someone like that. But for right now, it's what works for us. Right, right. So in the clinical work that you do still have, have you noticed any changes or um, that you've evolved as a music therapist since you've become a mom? It's it's definitely become mm, let me think of how to phrase that. I've I look at things from a different perspective now. I think um, especially, you know, my work with the adolescents and with the little kids. I I think I identify a little bit better. Not that I didn't before. But my brain, my brain is there versus where, whereas before, you know, I was 28, 27, 28, 29, et cetera, year old, trying to, to reach back to my experiences of that. And even though Desmond's just eight months old, you know, my brain has gone back to where he's at and also thinks forward for, for him. Yeah. So having that kind of impacts how I look at even, you know, my 16, 17, 18 year olds that are having substance abuse issues, it has, it has an effect. And it's not that I wasn't compassionate before or anything like that, but it's just, it's a diff, it's a shift now. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I absolutely 100% agree. And actually I've asked this question with all of my guests so far and they've all said the same thing. It's that perspective shift that, Mm -hmm. you know, you have this child now and you have this completely different perspective and it's almost like you see the world and therefore your work through, um, not to be corny, but like through your child's eyes and through the eyes of a parent and yeah. Um, that does have a really um, profound effect on our work as therapists, I think. It does, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've mentioned a few of these, but um, are there any other challenges that you've come across as being a working mom? Um, <laughs> I I bring Des to work with me on my office days. Yeah, explain that's... how you make that work because I'm really – when you first told me that, I was – in awe. I was like, how in the world do you get anything done that way? I mean, some days it works and some days it doesn't. Sure. Um, some days we just have to go home and I'm like, I'm taking the laptop home and hopefully he'll take a nap. Um, my baby doesn't sleep. <laughs> so, um, well, I mean, he does, but he, there has to be very special circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one thing that's completely saved my life has been baby wearing. Um, you know, I, I've gotten really into woven wraps and things like that. And so my chair occasionally turns into a yoga ball that I bounce on while wearing him on my back. Oh, that's smart. And, yeah. And, and it'll, it'll get him to sleep if he needs to go to sleep. Actually, I think he needs to go to sleep right now. <laughs> oh, he sounds a little tired. He's a little upset. Oh. Um, so, so that's been a lifesaver. And honestly, it, it got easier once he started to sit up because then I could put him in his pack and play and he could kind of entertain himself for a little bit. But simultaneously now that he's sitting up and starting to get to where he wants to crawl and, 
well, he's, he's not crawling yet, but where he's, he's getting kind of frustrated with his lack of mobility, mm-hmm. he needs more entertainment. So we're kind of back at, okay, you know, I'm working in short spurts. Yes. Um, but it, I mean, it, it works and then it doesn't work and then it works again. And he's kind of our unofficial greeter into the waiting area and my client's parents will entertain him. And that gives me the chance to get stuff done. And occasionally if Laura Janelle doesn't have us have somebody, they'll come and grab him and play with them. And so it just, it, it works out. But like I said, some days we just have to go home. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's so neat that you've been able to really bring both of those worlds together and and yeah. make that work. I think that's great. Yeah, and it, and it's fun because all my all my client families just adore him and they love to see him just get bigger and and it, it's it, it's really special. It's sweet. They ask about him and if he, if I'm here and he's not here, they're like, "Where is he? Is he sick? Uh-huh. You know what's going." going on I'm like no he's he's just with a friend I needed a couple of hours to do some work yeah yeah and I think that being in private practice one of the neat things is that you can bring you know more of your personal side into the business um, because yeah. you really get to know your clients in a different way than you do in a facility and and I've kind of I was on the same track as you I was in a um, school or facility setting for several years before going full-time with private practice. So I definitely know the difference and really appreciate that about being in private practice. And um, I had kind of that same fun experience as you, like when I was still, um, when I still had my home-based studio, I was able to bring the baby over and, you know, my clients and, and families got to meet him and I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And, and we actually had one of our newer speech clients. Uh, she hadn't met me personally, just had discussed me, discuss, just had talked with me through email. And so on her, their speech eval, she was sitting in the waiting room and I was at my desk doing stuff and Daz was in his pack and play or on my back or something. And she looks at me and she's like, you get to bring your baby to work. And I said, yeah, she's like, that's so nice. Your boss must be the best person. And I'm like, yes, yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I kind of let it hang there and I was like I'm Natalie hi oh that's too funny oh my gosh so, yeah I, I like to complain about my boss from time to time but she's pretty cool uh-huh yeah yeah <laughs> so so I think probably it sounds like some of your challenges are also um fulfilling aspects of being a working mom and owning yeah. a business um are there any other fulfilling aspects that you want to mention of being a mom or working mom? Or yeah, just being general? a working mom, because I know so many of us struggle with the balance, but we also have to look at, you know, what are the, what are the positives of being in that situation? Yeah, I mean, I just, I feel like, you know, and I, and I, I struggle with this day in and day out. Honestly, I, I told a friend yesterday, I was like, some days I wish I could just like quit. But then I think about all the work that I would have to do to actually like pack up my business and sell it. And that's as much work as I'm doing now, mm-hmm. but for the majority of the time, you know, just the fact that I have, I have created something and I have, I've made it work and I've persevered through, you know, what probably should have turned me around and made me go punch a time clock somewhere else. Um, and I've done that for him. And as an example for him, I think is, is is really rewarding. And it's not just, you know, that I've done it. It's also that his father has done it. My husband also owns his own company. 
and and just being able to say, you know, look, look, things things can be not easy or not ideal or wonderful, but also challenging, and and you still get through it. I think is a really good example to have set up. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I very much admire the fact that both you and your husband are entrepreneurs and making your businesses work simultaneously while navigating new parenthood. Yeah, it's very admirable. I'm not sure how smart it was, but you know, we do it. <laughs> That's right. And you've made it this far. So no turning back. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So outside of your work and outside of being a mom, what are some things that you do for yourself to take care of your own well-being? Camping, caving, hiking. Um, you know, I've I've found I was really lucky that in the first couple of months of Desmond's life, you know, I have, I have mom friends, but, or I have, I had friends that are moms in the area, Mm -hmm. but I, I hadn't quite found, you know, my friend Elizabeth is a writer and she refers to it as, as mom tribe. I hadn't quite found like my mom tribe, you know, they were moms and they were great, but like just philosophies didn't line up. And so I was really lucky, really, really lucky when Des was a couple of months old to fall into this baby wearing group, which sounds crazy. And my husband, even when I first started talking about them was like the the baby wearing club, really? (laughs) Okay. And, um, but it, it became more than just the baby wearing club. It became about 10 of us who just you know, we, we have obviously baby wearing in common, but, um, there were, there were, we just, we liked each other. We, we gravitated towards each other and it's kind of become, you know, my little bit of a tribe. And so having that group to socialize with outside of work that, that is, they are also close to my philosophy and practice as a parent really, really helps me keep my sanity. Um, you know, obviously we do things as a family too, though, as I mentioned, we go camping and we go hiking and I I've only taken the baby caving once thus far and it wasn't really caving, but you know, that's on the horizon. <laughs> so we do a lot of outdoorsy stuff together as much as possible. Um, but yeah, that, and just kind of finding, finding a tribe to survive with. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And it's funny you mentioned, you know, that you had friends who were moms, but, you know, when you become a parent, you really establish, you know, what your parenting philosophy is and, um, and you kind of evolve as a person in that way. Um, and I was lucky enough to kind of have that same situation where I met a group of moms that all had babies about the same age as Parker through, um, Mm -hmm. our hospital has a, um, a breastfeeding support group. And so we would meet every week and I got to know all these women that, you know, otherwise I would have never met any of these women. So that was a year and a half ago and we're all still friends and we have a Facebook group and we meet up a couple of times a week. And now (laughs) several of us are all pregnant and, you know, having showers for each other. And we've just became, become really good friends and been able to support each other, you know, as we kind of navigate motherhood and life. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's so, it it feels so good to have that. It really does. It really does. Yeah. Yeah, That's great. So it feels to me and probably to you too, like (laughs) every day, a different music therapist that 
you know, through Facebook or, you know, social media is announcing that they're pregnant because we are (laughs) mostly all women and um, not that there aren't, you know, some great male music therapists out there because there definitely are. But um, it's kind of like an epidemic. There are all these pregnant music therapists right now (laughs) and babies being born all the time. So (laughs) what advice would you give to um, your colleagues that are either, you know, thinking about starting a family or are currently pregnant or just had a baby? Um, well, I, I kind of said this earlier, but just like set your expectations, especially if you're in private practice, you know, I can't so much talk to people that, you know, are working a job for, for someone else, but just, but if you're in private practice or contracting or doing your own thing, you know, set your expectations and go easy on yourself. Um, I know, especially in, in that situation that time is money and the more you work, the more money that you have, but find, find some way to cut back somewhere else if you can and, and go easy on yourself. Um, you know, I had a lot of stress with this move and in, in my maternity leave, but I still made sure to prioritize what, what was important. And that was my son. So, so being able to, to set those realis- realistic expectations and make sure that, that you just, you just do that and, and you be a mom. That's, that's all you got to worry about when, when your leave is up or when you do go back to work, go in slow. Um, and then I guess the other thing I, w- I would say, and I kind of already said this too, is just like use the support. You mentioned breastfeeding support groups. If you're breastfeeding, my goodness, La Leche League. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so much support because it, it sounds like it's so easy. New moms, it's not easy. It's no, hard, it's but it's fun. <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but do it. It's worth it. Um, and, and just in finding that support and you, you run across people in the most unlikely places, like said, a baby wearing group. I, I went to learn how to wear my baby and I found 10 women that I don't know what I'd do without now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's pretty, yeah. And, and I also mention baby wearing saves my career. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's been a, a huge help for you as a, as a um, businesswoman too. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I actually have a picture of Des when he was like five days old and I was wearing him completely inappropriately because I didn't know what I was doing, (laughs) but I just had him strapped on my chest and I was doing bookkeeping. Um, and you know, that kind of sums up where I was for my maternity leave, but yeah. 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 Well, and I also want to bring up again, what you said earlier about putting systems into place before, (laughs) you before you actually did have the baby and kind of you know making things as automated as possible or at least having you know some type of um plan for while you were away I I think if you're able to do that then that's huge yeah and especially coming from me who hates stuff like that and hate (laughs) like I I'm more of a wing it kind of person, which sounds hilarious considering I've somehow run a business for four years, but I, I, that was, that saved us. And the fact that I actually sat down and went against my nature and said that we need to do this, this, and this, you know, made it so much easier. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's great advice, especially for business owners and, and you're right. Time is money and it's hard to pull yourself away and really, you know, enjoy being a new mom. But 
as much as you can do that, take advantage of that time. Do you have any music therapy related projects or news that you'd like to share? Uh, Not really. I mean, we honestly, in the past eight months, you know, we've just, other than growing in the speech direction, we're just kind of, you know, in a holding pattern. Um, We've been just toying with scheduling for groups and things like that. So far as anything, you know, for the public at large, other than trying to deal with our legislature here in South Carolina in regards to music therapy, there's not really much. We've just we're working on expanding to a full pediatric therapy clinic right now, and that's where we're going. I'd say that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It definitely is. Yeah, well, we'll be interested to watch as that growth continues. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So one last question for you. Do you have mm-hmm. any favorite products, books, or resources related to either music therapy or motherhood or business ownership or any of the above? Um, I love the music therapy mamas and dads page. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Me too. It goes quiet from time to time, but you know, when someone does post something on there that I, I find that it's really helpful. Um, I also find it's really helpful to have a couple of people, you know, in the field that you can just randomly text message or call and just discuss, completely random arbitrary parenting (laughs) slash business things. You know, I've got, I've got a few friends that are also business owners just across the country that, you know, I'll wake up to a text message from and be like, I don't know what this is about, but okay. Mm -hmm. And, (laughs) you know, just being able to converse. Um, yeah. And in regards to just parenthood, you know, I, I'm sounding like, a broken record, but baby wearing saves my life. Every yeah. Day. And for, for either new moms or moms that are interested, you know, once a baby is born and learning yeah. more about that, where can they go and what's the best uh, place to start? Yeah. Baby wearing international is, I, my husband rolled his eyes when I told him this, but it, it's, it is an international nonprofit. Um, and they have chapters across the country. They're, I mean, they're, Sometimes few and far between, um, they typically are going to be affiliated with your larger cities in, in a state, but they're fantastic. They have what's called volunteer baby wearing educators. And these are people that have underwent a skills assessment and they have liability insurance so that they can teach you to safely carry your baby. Um, because there's, there's ways to carry your baby that are ergonomic and healthy for, for you and the baby. And there's ways to carry your baby that are not, and that are dangerous. Um, and so these, these people are trained and their passion is helping other moms and dads wear their children. And these, these groups also have what's called a lending library. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a huge, stash of different kind of carriers everything from like buckle carriers that are really popular to woven wraps to ring slings to may ties just every type of baby carrier you can think of they probably have at least one of oh neat so you can try them out before you actually buy one what a great idea membership is like thirty dollars for a year and you can check out and check out and check out and just try lots of different things and develop a bad addiction, which I have. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it's not inexpensive either to to start developing your own collection. 
It, it depends on what you're buying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can get, I mean, you can get like a entryway May tie, I think, for $25 from Target. But you can also spend, you know, $400 on a handwoven piece of fabric. Oh, my goodness. I was I really into the um, – well, when Parker was first born, we used the Moby wrap yes, quite a bit. Yes, Moby's great. Yeah, when he was tiny. And then we moved on to the Ergo baby mm-hmm. carrier, which we used that up until, oh, my goodness, a couple of months ago. And he's he's yeah. almost 20 months old now. So, um, so yeah, that was that was huge for us. That, yeah, yeah. We've, we've gotten Ergo and I started with the Moby and then I got a ring sling and now I love woven wraps. And so that was actually, <laughs> I got one, I got my nicest woven wrap from Greg for Christmas. It oh, was neat. over $200 wow. piece of fabric. Love it. It's amazing. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a rabbit hole, but it, you do not have to drop <laughs> that kind of cash to wear your baby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll put a link to Baby Wearing International in your show notes page for others yeah. that are interested in learning more. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Natalie, for being on the podcast and for sharing all of your insight with us and all the listeners. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to send Natalie a message, you can find her on Facebook. Her page is Key Changes Therapy Services. Would you like to be a guest on the show? Let me know. Get in touch and find the show notes for this episode at listenlearnmusic.com slash podcast. 